Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Ruth chapter number 2 and verse number 18, everybody found your place, say amen. amen. Verse number 18, the Bible says, And she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? Where wrotest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and, and said, the, na- the man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me, Also thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest, and dwelt with her mother-in-law, Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence tonight, God will say thank you, our Lord, for the opportunity to preach your word. Thank you, our Lord, for my pastor. Thank you, God, for his precious family, Lord, that's so near and dear to our hearts. God, thank you for this blessed church family, our Lord, whom we love so much. God, that's helped us uh, so much. It's prayed for us. Uh, and God, we wouldn't be where we are today, uh, God, if it wasn't, uh, uh, Lord, for this blessed church family, God. And Lord, I just want to say thank you uh, God, for manifesting yourself here and God, just using these folk. God, what a blessing it is to be here and to preach tonight. God, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd help us tonight. Uh, God, that you'd anoint us, Father, that you'd use us, God. And God, just give us that that we need from heaven tonight. Uh, God, we ain't nothing without you tonight. God, we'll leave the same way we come in here. Uh, God, if you don't meet with us, Father, and we beg of you uh, tonight, God, to have your will in your way. Uh, God, save that sinner that's on their way to hell tonight. Tonight. God, get a hold of that when it needs to get planted in this thing, God. And we'll just go ahead and thank you in advance for all you're going to do. For we love you and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. And I appreciate you standing. Amen. Y'all excuse me. I forgot to do this just a minute ago, but if I don't do it, I'll be hoarse. But anyway, Amen. That's so embarrassing, but I know I better do something about it. Amen. But it's good to be here in church, and I do appreciate each one of you. And uh, like I said, we've been studying through this, and man, God really burnt my heart with this passage of Scripture. I think I've preached about ten messages out of chapter number two so far, and, and uh, man, it just God just keeps unfolding things out of it. And uh, as the pastor said, and I know you've heard him say it many times, you'll never exhaust this book. Man, I'm telling you, God is so real. Uh, friends, I'm seeing Him do such great things uh, up on the mountain in the hearts and lives of the people. And man, it just makes me that much more hungry uh, for the Word of God and just to see what He can do, amen, in our life. And I, I know that uh, that He can help us tonight. And I want to preach just a simple thought tonight, uh, friends, out of this text that we read of when redemption gets real. When redemption gets real, and and uh, I, I've looked at that uh, verse of scripture there that's on your screen up there many times over the past couple of weeks, and I've pondered on that and, and meditated upon that, and thought about it a whole lot, and and uh, just thinking about what God wants to do in the hearts and lives of His people, friends. He, listen, He, uh, my, I want you to understand something. Now. He didn't save us uh, to sit on a church pew somewhere or another and just take up space. Amen. And friends, so many times, if we're not careful, that's where we'll find ourselves. And it happens just like that. Man, everything can be going good, and you can be having good meetings, and good attendance, good singing, and just go through the motions, and you'll come to church one Sunday morning, you'll think, man, we had everything, but we didn't have Him. Amen. Listen, you can possess everything. You can have it all, and you can totally miss God. 
And that's why the psalmist cried out, Wilt thou not revive us again, O Lord? And I, this is the last phrase of that verse I'm really interested in. And we're going to look at the text. He said, So that a people may rejoice in thee. Amen. Not rejoice in anything else, Brother Stan. Amen. He said, rejoice in the fact that we got a nice building. Listen, we got the thing filled up. Hey, bless God, we're able to meet inside the building now. But he says, wilt thou not revive us again, O Lord, that thy people may rejoice in thee. Amen. And I, I, I've been thinking about that a whole lot. And, you know, the, 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 the desire here, it's really, it, it's all about the Lord. And boy, I know that's deep, but just hang on to your riches. It's all about Him, amen? And we need to be reminded of that over and over and over again. Every day that we get up, we need to be reminded that it's all about Him. Amen? Not about what I want, not about you want. Amen? But it's about what the Lord Jesus wants. It's not a reward. Revival, get this. Revival is not a reward for being good. I think sometimes we get in our mind, if we think we just do everything the way we're supposed to do, that God will send it. And those of you that's been through it, and you know what revival is, I've got to see just a little bit of it. But I do know this, it is divine. Hey man, hey listen, it ain't comfortable, as Dr. Caudill says, it ain't convenient, friends. My friends, it doesn't just pass by, because we're good. I heard a story the other day about a young boy, uh, his mama was on to him about being good. He's just a troublemaker. I got three of them at home. <laughs> Two of them now, not three. Still getting used to that. But, uh, but his mama was on to him about being good. And he said, Mama, if you'll pay me, I'll be good. She looked at him square in the eye and she says, Why can't you be good for nothing like your daddy? You see, re revival at its core is rejoicing in the Lord. At its core, beyond all the callings, I know there's preachers here that was called out of that great meeting in 2016. God did a work in my heart during that meeting. I wasn't even part of it. But at its core, my friends, at the, at the, 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 the full end of the thing, it's rejoicing in the Lord. And in our Scripture text, we read of Ruth who had gotten into the family. Amen. We see back in Moab, she got into the family. And we see there when, when all had fallen down around her and, and, and Naomi and Orpah, we see that uh, when it was time, when Naomi saw it was fit to go back home to Bethlehem, we see that Ruth got in the faith. We see that she followed Naomi back to Bethlehem and, and there in Bethlehem we see that Ruth got in the field. And we see in chapter 2 that she even got filled. And you can see it twice in that Scripture text that she had eaten and she was sufficed. Spend you some time on that word, uh, suffice, and see what the Holy Ghost does in your heart there. Amen. Just seeing, my friends, this, this lady, uh, listen, uh, they had gotten into the faith, how God took her from poverty to plenty. But you know something about Ruth I found in chapter number 2? She was not yet fully in. Now, don't, don't write me off yet. But she had gotten in the family. She had gotten in the faith. She had gotten in the field. She was filled to the brim. Listen, of, 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 of the, the substance that God was blessing her with. But even at that point, she was not yet fully in. And I'll show you that tonight in the text. But you see, up to this point here in, in the book of Ruth, up through chapter number 2, all that she has did is just loved on Naomi. That's all she did. And I want you to see that in the text because that's going to be monumental here in just a little bit, okay? All she has did is, is just loved on Naomi. And I, as I study this, I see Naomi is a picture and a type of the Word. She is, I want you to see this now. I'm trying to lay some blocks, Brother Robert Jones. Hang on a minute. She is, friends, Naomi is the foundation that Ruth placed her faith in.
What's the Bible say? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so you can plug it up all through this text and you can see, listen, how, listen, Ruth is just following Naomi. She's just doing what Naomi told her to do and she finds herself in the right field. How about that? She finds herself at the table that's so bountiful. Amen. She finds herself from poverty to plenty. And just when you don't think it can get any better. Have you ever thought that, Brother Jeff? Uh, some of you may not be hooking up with this just yet, but sometimes, listen, in, in, in serving the Lord and seeing God do amazing things, sometimes you just get to that place, and, man, people are getting saved, the church is growing, uh, the family's on fire for God, and you just don't think it can get any better. So I, I just want to show you a few things from a text tonight of when redemption gets real notice. In your Bible here in verse number 18, Bible says she took it up. That was the barley. That was the barley that once you see that she had gleaned that day. You see, chapter two takes place in one day. You can read that. Now listen, she goes into the field there, there in the first few verses in chapter number two, and she comes out of the field in verse number 17. It says she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley, almost a bushel. Now I know that, that, that may not resonate with you, but man, she got loaded that day. She got loaded that day. I've studied and looked at what the average gleaning from a, listen, a, a, a poor individual would get that during that day. Listen, she got ten times as much as most people got. In one day of gleaning, I mean, just think about that. Listen, when God is in this thing, boy, He'll load your wagon. Amen. But, but, but notice with me. You see, here in verse number 18, she took it up, meaning she beat that out. And my friend, she left the chaff in the fields, what we need to be doing ourselves. And she took the grain, and it became hers. And she went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was, here it is now, sufficed. That means she gave an offering. Back to Naomi. Amen. She gave an offering back to Naomi above after the fact that she was filled. I mean, the friends loaded to the gills. That's what that word suffice means, okay? But don't you see something here in verse number 18? I want you to see the reward for her receiving. The reward for her receiving. Notice with me in her abundance uh, that she received that day. And, and in verse number 19 is where I really want you to uh, pay close attention. I'm going somewhere. It'll take me half a night to get there, so just hang on. I want you to see her abundance because in verse number 19, Naomi replies to what Ruth brings back to her. Okay, notice in your Bible here. Uh, we see here in verse 19, her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? Amen. Now, now it was not prompted out of concern. Sometimes I ask my boys when they come in, Brother Robert, and they're covered with mud from head to toe. I say, where in the world have you been today? That's not the idea of this question, okay? My friends, the idea of this question had to do with the offering. She was, listen, she was excited about the offering that she brought back. She didn't see it all. She was just excited about what she gave to Naomi, what Naomi had received out of the gleanings. And she said, out of that, she noticed the abundance. Amen. Y'all getting this? Uh, friends, listen to me. At Naomi's about, where have you been today, my daughter? My soul. Amen. Listen, she's been to Bethlehem. She's seen the, the poor, poor folk out there in the field come and, and at the end of the day have enough barley to fill up a cup. And she's toting in an offering back to Naomi. Uh, listen, uh, um, ten times more than that as an offering. And she said, where have you been today? Any times you ever been to church? Man, God just fills you up. God just, I mean, listen, friends, uh, it's just you don't want it to end. Uh, you're just excited about God. You're excited about what He's doing. And you go get around some family. And don't go to church. 
Amen. And you've just got the Holy Ghost all over you. And they look at you and they say, what happened to you today? Amen. Hey, listen, friends, that's what we're looking at. The abundance. And there was a reward for her receiving, okay? Let me say this. There's always, there is always an abundance to be gleaned in following Christ. There's always. You know what? I tell my church this all the time. I can't guarantee you much. I can't guarantee you young people, amen, that you're going to have a life. Hey, listen, it's filled with success and satisfaction in this world. But I can tell you this, that you will have a life that's full of satisfaction and fulfillment in Christ. I promise you that. I promise you that to everyone here tonight. If you give yourself to Him, you will not regret it. Amen. You see, that was the reward for her receiving. And there's no question to the fact that if you get in His field, stay where He says, friends, receive what He gives, you too will go home with all you can carry. That ain't, listen, I ain't preaching like smiling tonight, but that's the truth from the Word of God. Amen. Look, look right here. Let's, let's move on. Too many times, though, I, I've studied this, and man, this has really helped me so much. But I've seen several instances in this blessed little book that's almost Greek language. When I say Greek language, it means we don't even comprehend that kind that's in that book. Let me just give you a for instance. If you go back in chapter number 2, and you look at verse number 4, just everybody take a gander at that just for a minute. Amen. This was the atmosphere of the field that Ruth found herself in. Look at it now. She's in the field. Here comes Boaz. She just, amen, I, I love the sovereignty of God. I love it when God sets a man or a woman in the right place. Amen. And that's what happened right here. And she sees Boaz come. And Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, his hired hands. Listen to what he said. The Lord be with you. How many of you work a job? Amen, that you entered into this morning. Amen, you went into your boss man. And he said, the Lord be with you. <laughs> am, I not, am I wrong in saying that's Greek to us in the day that we live in today, my friends? Hey, listen, I, I, know, how, I know what that kind is. Half of us wake up mad. We go to bed mad. Hey, listen, because of the material world that we live in, friends. But you've got to understand, friends, who Boaz was a picture of. Amen. He's a picture of the Lord Jesus. Christ. But you know what the church is today? Amen. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His body and you and I are supposed to be reflecting Him in this world. This is not Greek. It should not be Greek to the church today. Listen to how His reapers responded. The Lord be with you and they answered Him. The Lord bless thee. We don't know that kind. We don't even know that kind in church anymore. I'm not being ugly. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I, I, listen, I like to get around good godly people. Man, that love the Lord. Amen. That's full of the Holy Ghost. And friends, that abundance, it starts coming out of them. But you know what? Sometimes we let moral issues negate the spiritual life. We let, have, listen to me, friends, and we don't let this kind come out. It's in every man that's born again. It's in every woman that's born again. It's in every girl and boy that's born again. That kind, my friend, is in you. But we don't know much about it. And let me, let me just show you something right here, right quick. Because, again, we, 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 too often we associate the blessings of God materially. We know better than that. But it's still in our brain. It's still in our brain. Hey, listen, friends, I understand that right well. Listen, that our blessings are, listen, our spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Paul said it to the church. It's not in the abundance of what you possess here, but it's in the abundance of what you possess here. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. But again, we try to apply 21st century living to Matthew 5 and 3 when Jesus said, Blessed are they that are poor in the Spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's an old time word. 
when being poor was not impoverished. But when poor, what Jesus was saying there was simply a desire. Was a desire for something that I did not possess or I do not possess. Everybody all right tonight? You see 21st century living, when we say poverty, listen, it's... Uh, 99.9% of the time listen the subject of wasting you've got more church today you've got more Bible friends than anybody in history has ever had today we can have more of God listen the Bible he told John the Baptist he said there he giveth the spirit without measure unto him you got as much of him as you want amen Listen, friends, uh, and that's the abundance, but we too often try to take our 21st century living and apply it to an old-time word. Amen? Where the poor that Jesus said there in Matthew 5 and 3, friends, was that desire to possess something that we do not have. And the promise out of that desire is that they would be filled that they would be filled for theirs. He, he said, is the kingdom of heaven. Well, what's that, preacher? The kingdom of heaven, friends, uh, is that point in time. Uh, listen, it was a, a millennial part uh, that's spoken there in the book of Matthew. And let me say this to you tonight. It's the time when Christ reigns. Hey, man, it's coming to Israel uh, here pretty soon. But you know what? It came to you the day you cried out to Jesus to save you. Hey man, listen. Hey, you entered into that new covenant. You entered into that blood covenant. And my friends, where he said he would forgive your sins and remember them no more. You entered into that when you got saved. And he says, blessed are the poor in the spirit. All oh, friends, you'll have an abundance. But notice the second thing real quick. In verse number 19, what you see here is her mother-in-law questioned her where she gleaned. And I want you to notice this next phrase in verse number 19. He says, And where wrottest thou? Where wrottest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. So not only do you see abundance, but you see acceptance. You see here in the reward of her receiving, what happened to Ruth was, is that she came into a foreign land and my friends got treated as part of the family. Brother Jeff, I remember that day. If I had enough wind, I'd shout a little bit. But listen to me, friends. Let me just explain it to you so you'll hook up with the text tonight. In verse number 10, notice your Bible. Listen, when Boaz had, listen, had promised her so much there in those few verses. Notice verse number 8. Boaz, Boaz said unto Ruth, Here's thou not my daughter. Go not to glean in another field. Verse number 9. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. Meaning his, his reapers. He says, I've told the young men not to touch thee when you're thirsty. Hey, get a drink out of the vessel that my boys drink out of. And then look at verse number 10. She fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? Now, hang on to that just for a minute. Ruth knew her estate. She was a stranger. And more than a stranger, she was a Moabite. You study your Bible, you'll find that God said concerning the Moabites, they should not come in to the congregation of Israel forever. Hey man, listen, they was part of that group, them and the Ammonites there. You can read back in Deuteronomy, there in chapter number 23, and you'll find, hey listen, that God put them out of the congregation because they tried to hinder the children of Israel in the Exodus, friends. And you'll find, listen, hey, God kept His Word, but notice this, Ruth knew her state. And there's no other explanation for what goes on here in the text other than grace. That's it. 
That's the only explanation that there is tonight, friends. That my friend's grace was extended unto Ruth through her faith. And my friends, all you can see there is that God, my friend, saw her as one that had placed her faith in Him and He extended grace. You see it all through this book. That was her acceptance. And you see, if there's grace, there's going to be acceptance. Amen. Don't wonder if you're part of the family. My friends, if, if you have sought the Lord Jesus as your Savior, my friends, where there is grace, there is acceptance. Amen. No questions about it. But you see, Ruth here, she's, she's concerned. She says, why? Why have I found grace in 9 eyes? Verse 11, he tells her why. But, but I, 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 I'm interested in this thought here because in Naomi's reply in verse number 19, Naomi's words spoke truth into Ruth's heart that beyond, listen to it now, beyond the day's events, beyond the table experience that, that she's just experienced with Boaz, uh, getting to sit at the table, uh, getting to eat at the uh, table with Heavenly Boaz, and him reaching her parts court, uh, my friends, uh, uh, which uh, uh, shows us a picture that she was the honored guest at the table. Study that out. And friends, that'll help you tonight. But beyond all of that, beyond the abundance she had come home with, listen to this. She had been accepted in the beloved. I don't know how else to animate it anymore to make you come alive right there. Hey, listen, she had it all. Listen, she, my friends, had gotten blessed with a, with a family. She'd gotten blessed with a faith, with a field. My friends, she was filled to the brim. And here Naomi comes. Listen to verse 19. Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. That was a word spoken under Ruth's heart. You got accepted today, my daughter. You got accepted today, my, 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 my dear one friends. And let me just give you this tonight. It took my church a little while to hook up with it too, but, but just hear me now when I say this. In John 5 and 39, the Bible says this, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Naomi's a picture of that word. She was the one that showed Ruth she was accepted. Wasn't nobody else. Amen. Everybody all right tonight? I was 20 years preacher, some preachers that can talk folk out of their salvation, bless their heart. Amen. Some, everybody's saved. Amen. You got struggling with your salvation. You get in the book. Amen. And God will show you, my friends, where you're at. And you see, hey, listen, He'll show you that He's given to you. He'll show you that which He's blessed you with. And my friends, He'll give you a title. Amen. That you're a child of the King. Amen. Listen, she was, she was accepted. My friends, that, that, that reward for her receiving. Notice number two tonight. Moving right along. Look at verse number 20. Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. The reward of her receiving led to the reality of redemption. Now, now, notice this. I'm going to move on through this real quick. But I want you to see just a few things real quick. Because what Naomi understood about this one that she had been gleaning with was, hey, that's some of our kinfolk. You know, it's kind of a sad note that Naomi had been in Moab so long she forgot about Boaz. Everybody all right tonight? It wasn't until Ruth met him in the field and got to experience the blessings of Boaz that Naomi took notice of it when she saw how Ruth had been blessed by it. Listen, I'll tell you friends, Moab is a dangerous place to live. Alright? Just just know that in passing tonight that, that listen, it's detrimental. Uh, listen to your faith. Here's Naomi, uh, that one that loved God that had forgotten about Boaz. Now let's just move on. But you see, she's been, listen, she's been introduced again out there back to Boaz. And in her mind, it's, listen, there was illumination in her heart. She says, Amen. 
in the latter part of verse number 20, the Bible says, the man is near of kin unto us. Now, many of you have heard the story many times, and I'll not take time to go through it all, but listen, he was their hope of redemption. The reality of redemption is this, the debt would be alleviated. You see, you gotta, you gotta hook up with something here. And I, I'm getting there, just hang on with me. Naomi was poor. Alright, Naomi was poor. If you're reading your Bible in verse 21, chapter number 1, she said, this is her words, she says, I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again. Was that next word? That means, Brother Jeff, she didn't have enough money to put tires on her chariot. It means she didn't have a chariot. Everybody okay? I'm trying to get down where you live, okay? We so many times get the idea of being poor is that we lack this or that or the other. My friend, they didn't have nowhere to stay. They didn't have no money to buy nothing to eat. That's why Ruth was out in the field picking up barley so they could go home and mash it up and make some bread. Hey man, she was poor. Many folk today, if their bank account gets below five digits, they're poor. Let me just say something to you tonight. If you got, if you make more than $11,000 a year, you're more wealthy than 80% of the world's population. That's a fact. And uh, friends, uh, you and I don't know what poverty is. My friends, they had nothing. My friends, it was, listen, a debt to eat every day. Listen, they come home to a, a property that had been mortgaged. Friends, uh, it was theirs, but it wasn't. And according, listen, according to the Word of God. I love this. In Leviticus in 25 through the law that God set, that land could be sold to one within the family. That, uh, that, that, that law of, of the kinsman redeemer, you see, God said they're not to ever sell the land. He said, because it's mine. He says, but if you have to change hands, it stays in the family. Amen. He said it stays in the family. Some of you hooking up with it tonight. But listen to me tonight, friends. Hey, listen, if there was a debt that needed to be taken care of, if the nearer kinsman was wealthy enough to do so. I can preach right there just for a minute. Hey man, hey listen, my friends, our near kinsman holds a cattle of a thousand hills. It's all his, friend. I'll say something to you tonight, my friends, just as Naomi, listen, thus far, listen, had been blessed by the abundance that she saw that Ruth bring back to her that night. Just think of how much her heart was overwhelmed. Listen, this is just for Naomi so far. This is just for land, Brother Heath. Ain't got nothing to do. What's what's fixing to happen to Ruth here in a little bit? I mean, this is just the blessing of, uh, of getting the mortgage debt off, listen, of our heart. Getting us where we're freed up, where we can serve God. Follow with me, listen. The alleviated debt. Um, you see, in the, the, the idea of the, the, the redeeming kinsman here in the in the land purchase, we understand that that uh, if the debt, my friends, was paid, okay, by the kinsman redeemer, that nearer kinsman, the one that had the debt, always had access back to that possession. Now, now, now notice this with me, if you will. Again, the debt was alleviated, okay, but they could acquire back that which was lost. Man, that helps me tonight, Brother Jeff, just to think about it. Because, listen, we find that possession remained available to the one who had to give it up. Now, in the law, you understand, they had to purchase that thing back until the year of Jubilee, and it was given to them. Praise God. You know what we live in the New Testament church? We live in the year of Jubilee. Debts are always able to be forgiven, preacher. Amen. No, now notice this, right? Let me just let me just point it out to you, and I'm gonna get done. Because here it is. This is right down, right next to where we live. It's like having a house that you can't pay for, a mortgage, a payment, amen, that you cannot do nothing with. 
Amen. You can't sell it and get out of it. Hey, listen, friends, it's just, it's, it's, it's just there. And so the Redeemer comes along and pays off the mortgage, but He doesn't move you out of the house. He lets you stay in there. Amen. It's still yours. Amen. But, but He owns it. And so here's the blessing of it. Whatever's wrong with it, He's going to fix it. Amen. It's yours to live in, Brother Stan. And listen, if the roof needs fixing, you know what he'll do? He'll send the roofers over there to fix it. Hey, if the window's leaking, he'll get the windows fixed. He's going to look after it. Amen. Praise God, church. Hey, listen, friends, don't you understand, my friends, that was the reality of the redemption. Now, preach on out to get to this point right here. So just, just hang on with me just for a minute. I love what one preacher said concerning the kinsman redeemer, redeemer, he says, the son of God became the son of man so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. Amen. I like that, church. But get this last thing here tonight. You see, because in verse number 21, something starts happening. Okay? Man, Ruth is about to explode. Okay, you've just got to... I pray God put us right in Bethlehem tonight, okay? Just put us right there and let us see them, amen? Let us feel, uh, listen, uh, the joy that's in their heart, amen, about what's going on at this very point, okay? And, 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 and so we see here that Ruth's just about to explode. Naomi's rejoicing, and Ruth says something in verse number 21 that reveals her heart. Look at verse 21. Ruth the Moabite said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. The revealing of Ruth's heart is what we see right here. We see, friends, I'm telling you, when you don't think it can get any better, here it is. Now hang on with me. Hang on with me just for a minute. We see the aspiration of Ruth's heart. And that word aspiration just simply means to desire with eagerness. And if you'll notice in verse number 1, 21, in Ruth's account of what Boaz said unto her, and what he admonished her in doing, she erred. Boaz didn't tell her that. He didn't tell her that. Look at verse 21 again. He said this, he said unto me, this is Ruth's account of what, of what Boaz said. He said unto me, thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. Well, the parallel to that scripture is verse number 8 of chapter 2. Let's read it together. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence. But abide here fast by my maidens. I'm telling you, it's fixing to get real good. It's fixing to get real good for Ruth. And you say, how can a correction be when it gets good, preacher? Well, you just got to know Jesus. That you just got to know Him. Because what's happening right here, friends, is Ruth revealed her heart. And you know that's what God will do to you, amen, in the joy. Because do you know that in the, the great joyful times of serving God is when you're the most vulnerable to attack? I've, I've, I've been pastoring uh, for about 12 years now. And I'll tell you, when the devil comes to attack, amen, I'm every preacher in here could, could, uh, could uh, say amen to this. When the devil comes to attack you, it's when you just got on the glory mountain. That's when he comes after you. Hey man, that's when you'll, you'll, you'll just, you'll think, well, it's not really that bad. I mean, look what God's doing. Hey man, I, I find so many times, Brother Stan, the greatest temptation that Satan throws my way is sometimes Sunday night where I've just been on the mountain with God. Amen. He met with us. I mean, we had liberty to preach. We saw people saved and Satan just slips right in there with a little thought, with a little idea. 
Amen. In the time of great joy and triumph and blessing and what God it seems to be doing so abundantly in your life. And then here comes this little thing out of nowhere. But you see, nothing comes to us according to Scripture what God doesn't allow. God allows that to come, friends, for a purpose. Why? Because you know He wants us better. What, what we've seen Monday and Tuesday night in here, man, that, that, that's glory. That's sweetness. But you know what? I, I realize very well that it, that it takes those times where we just get really rooted down deep with Him. And my friends, let Him just speak to our heart that makes those times so sweet. When those singers can stand up there and sing, Preacher, and the glory fall. Amen. That don't just happen because they sing good. Amen. That don't just happen. You see, you've allowed God, my friends, to come in and, and work in those areas and it's fixing to get real good for Ruth. The aspiration of her heart. You see, it, it, we see here that Ruth is a picture of the church. Boaz is a picture of Christ. Ruth is a picture of church. So Ruth is a picture of you and I in our rawest form. Okay? We ain't perfect by no means. We're saved by grace. Brother Jeff, I'm a stranger. I don't belong in this thing. Friends, I don't belong. I listen to be counted with the redeemed. But praise God, I am. Amen. But we see the aspiration of your heart. And Ruth, let me just say this tonight. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right down on the road here tonight. Ruth's been married. Amen. She was married to Malon. Look his name up, it means he's puny. One of them sickly or puny. I don't remember if two of them, but bless their heart. She's a daughter of the king, was married to a sickly fellow. Take note of that, okay? But, but, but listen to me, she's been married. Let me just draw your attention to something here tonight. Ruth has had something excited in her. Because of the consummation of the marriage. Okay? Everybody alright tonight? She's had something excited in her that the Bible teaches us that that's the only time that that's to be excited. But because they was in the wrong place, she lost the one that she lost her purity with. Okay? So now, she's got a desire that ain't been fulfilled in a while. Okay? And she's been out in the field with some fellas that's working in the field. Hey man, Boaz has been real good to her. She's thankful for Boaz being real good to her. But there's something in her heart that's drawn to the workers of the field. It all goes back to Moab too. You can draw every problem here from Moab, okay? And what God was doing was preparing her for the best. You know, in the Song of Solomon, there's a scripture there um, when the Shulamite says to her beloved concerning those workers in the field, stir not up nor awake my love till he pleases. And that scripture verse is, a, is an exact verse on maintaining that purity until that day of wedding, friends, so that that desire could be to the one and only forever. But you know what? We've missed the mark. We all fall short right here, okay? We all fall short here. Now listen, I'm not making an exception for being sexually unpure. I'm saying sinfully unpure. You are by nature the children of wrath. The Bible says, even as others. Your heart is desperately wicked, the Bible says. In Jeremiah 17, who can know it, he says. You know, that's why the Apostle Paul said in the armor that he was to put on, that every child of God is to put on, is to put on that belt of truth. And then what goes on that belt of truth is the breastplate of righteousness. 
<laughs> I like the breastplate of righteousness. I tell folks at our church, I said, that thing wasn't made for a couch potato. I ain't being ugly, I'm being right, okay? But that thing was to fit a soldier. And you know what that breastplate of righteousness did? It didn't keep things from out there coming in. It kept what was in from coming out. Listen, Jesus said it best. He says, out of the heart proceedeth adulteries and fornications and murders. He says, out of the heart and that breastplate of righteousness is to keep that stuff in. And it's Christ's righteousness. And what we see here is God adorning Ruth with that breastplate of righteousness. Look with me here. We see her aspiration. We see she was, she was drawn to the workers in the field when she, when her true love and devotion belonged to the owner of the field. Now get that. Look at verse number 22 with me tonight. I'm about done. Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens. So we see the aspiration of Ruth's heart in verse number 21. She revealed it. But we see Naomi, the Word. Okay? Amen? The Word, amen? The patron type of the Word of God send the altering to her heart. He said it's good. She said it's good that you go out into the field. Look at your Bible right there one more time. She said, it's good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, not the young men. Notice this with me tonight, I'm done. Naomi gives Ruth instruction on the appropriate place that she is to be in. And in verse number 23, I've preached all night to get to this point right here. Ruth takes one of the most important steps of her life. The step of submission. Look at verse 23 with me. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz. No argument. No saying that's not what I heard, Naomi. No opposing the word. She just trusted. Can I say something to you tonight, friends? Apart from salvation, the most important step in your walk with Jesus Christ is complete and total submission to Him. But there's something else here tonight that I need to give you before I get done. Because from the revealing of her heart, we see the altering of her heart but I want you to see some results tonight out of that. In fact, that's what revival is all about anyway, isn't it? Wilt thou not revive us again, O Lord, that thy people may rejoice in thee? If you study that text out, that rejoicing was the results of their remembering and their repentance. There was results, friends, and the results was that they could rejoice in thee. Just turn over in chapter 3 just for a minute. And I want you to see three verses real quick. Look at verse number 9 tonight. And he said, now which, what happens here is that Ruth goes, let me just lay it out for you, Ruth goes to the end of the barley harvest, to the wheat harvest, she stays fast by the maidens as the Word told her to do, as Naomi instructed her to do, she stayed fast, by the maids to the end of the harvest. And now we come to the place where Ruth is seeking Boaz. You have not seen this in this text until chapter 3. She got in the field. She got to the table. But she ain't been seeking him everything he give her. He's give her everything thus far. And now the table has turned. 
She's going to him. And what we find in chapter number three is this, is that Naomi instructed her, go get cleaned up. Hey man, go uh, get those morning garments off. And when I say morning, I ain't talking about your bedrobe, amen. I'm talking about, listen, she was still in mourning. Uh, she was dressed in black. Uh, she was a worker in the field. She said, go get them clothes off. Get yourself cleaned up. Hey man, and go present yourself to Boaz. And I heard a preacher say this. I was studying on this a little while ago. I heard a preacher say this, she found herself at one of the most divine places on earth. Where did she find herself, that preacher? At the feet of Boaz. She found herself at the feet of Boaz. Late that night, friends, as Naomi instructed her to do, and let me just read this, verse number 5 of chapter 3, and she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. How about that? But let me give you verses 9 to 11. Boaz awakes, and he said, Who, who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Do you know what happens right here? Ruth falls in love with Boaz. I've studied this for years and years, Brother Allen, and I've never seen it on this kind, how God had did so much for Ruth, and it was not until this point that she falls head over heels in love with Him, seeking Him. Seeking Him. Let me, let me just show you why I see that real quickly tonight. Preacher, is it okay if somebody comes to the piano? Just whoever, just, just, hang, just, just come and start playing softly. But I want you to see something right here. Look back in chapter number 2 just for a minute. In verse number 10, we read it a little while ago, when Ruth was overwhelmed about the goodness of Boaz. The Bible says she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, listen to it now, why have I an old Gentile stranger someone that doesn't deserve anything why have I found faith why hast thou taken knowledge of me but look over in verse 13 of the same chapter Boaz speaks to her in verses 11 and verse number 12 and told her why it was cause of her faith Verse 13, she, she says it again. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord. For that thou hast comforted me. For that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid. Now look at his last statement. Though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. So in those two verses, you know what you see? You see Ruth struggling with herself. She said, I'm a stranger. She said, as she approached heavenly Boaz, she said, I don't look nothing like your maidens. I got Moab all over me. I got death all over me. But this really helped me when I got over here in verse number 10. Verse number 9, excuse me. When she speaks to Boaz again. Brother Tim, really help me when I saw what she says right here. He said, who are you? It's black, it's darkness. He can't tell who it is. And she said, <laughs> I am thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. You know what she said? 
She wouldn't worry about herself no more. She said, just cover me. Just cover me, Lord. Just cover me. Take your skirt and just spread it over me. Not concerned about being a stranger no more, Dakota. Not concerned about not looking like everybody else no more. I'm just seeking you, Boaz. Would you cover me? Would you cover me? And the parallel to verse number 9 you'll find in the book of Ezekiel. And it's when God is loving on Israel. Let me just read it for you. It's the parallel. It's where this verse is. It's where these two verses hook up, okay? It's God's mind on this thing of the skirt being placed over you. Here it is in, in Ezekiel chapter 6 and verse number 8. In the middle part of that verse, the prophet says this, Thy time was the time of love. And I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swore unto thee and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. She fell in love with Boaz that day. But I can't quit. There's one more thing right here. And I'm going to be done, I promise, after this one. I'm kind of like the Apostle Paul. I say, finally, my brethren, and there's three more chapters. Amen. Look right here at the latter part, verse number 10. He says, For thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followedest not the young men. What was the problem with Ruth's heart? See what happened there. Listen, God showed her the problem so she could go to the next level. And then, and then it was recognized. You know, one of these days, Brother Jeff, we'll get to stand before him. We're going to give him an account of what we've done in this life for him. And you know, what I want to hear more than anything is well done. I promise you that. But I know I'll never hear that if I don't deal with what he's dealing with me about. I'll never go to the next level. I'll, I'll just stay mediocre. I'll just stay just half humming this thing. I'll just get up and go preach and, and we'll go to the house. But you know what, I, 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 Brother Heath, I ain't interested in just going through the motions in this thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not interested, Brother Jeff, in, in, in just going to church and just saying I did my part. I'm interested in meeting with God. I'm interested, my friends, in, in this kind right here. I'm interested in this and not being so concerned about myself and just loving Him and just serving Him. Him. You know what? He'll honor that. I heard a preacher say this the other day, and I, I'm done. Preacher, if you can come. I heard a preacher say this the other day. You know, we, we do all kinds of things in the flesh sometimes to try to get ourselves closer to God. We think sometimes just reading the Word or, or, or this, this thing or that thing or doing this thing. But, but let me just give you a passage of Scripture right here and I, I just want you to respond to the Lord tonight. These are words in red in my Bible. John 14th chapter and verse number 21. Jesus said this, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. Now listen to this last part. Now I will love Him and will manifest myself to Him. I think more than anything, our desire and our walk with God should be that right there. You'll not get that by simply reading your Bible. 
You'll not get that by just coming to church. You'll not get that by just going through the motions. But you'll get that by doing exactly what He says. He that hath my commandments and obeys them keeps them. He it is that loveth me. He said, you don't have to tell me you love me. I'll know you love me. When redemption gets real. When this thing goes to the next level. When I can serve God amidst persecution and trouble and anguish. And friends, I, I'm not a prophet. I don't know when the day is. But friends, we're living on the verge of a time. Listen, when it's, we're going to have to get real. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, look what happened to Ruth. All she had to do was present himself, present herself to him. You know what he said in the latter part of that chapter in chapter 3? He says, I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm going to do it all. And, and in the latter part of that verse, I love this preacher. Naomi said this. He said, he'll not rest till he does. Gets it all done. All she had to do was present herself. That's all she had to do. And he said, you know what? He's going to do the rest. You just got to present yourself that way. And my friends, just hang on. You think it's good now. The best is yet to come.